So I just came up with a game. I don't know if it's going to work. Oh, you just came up with it. Okay. I just came up with a game. Gotcha. Perfect. Um, it's called Don't Start the Podcast with Heat. Oh, perfect. so that's the ongoing game. We will be playing the well, rest this is of the working. podcast. <laughs> it was working until I brought up Heat. Yeah. But there you go. After, Besides me saying we're not going to talk about Heat, that's the only time we're going to talk about Heat in this right, podcast. Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah we definitely won't bring it, it up. It does not meet the criteria of the main discussion. No matter how hard you try. I've been racking my brain yeah. to try and think of how to bring it up. Okay, Evan, a little bit ago, I asked you to give me a random movie star. Yeah. And you picked... Bradley Pippotamus. Bradley Pitt. Mm-hmm. Mr. Brad Pitt. So I went through his Rotten Tomatoes account. Mm-hmm. And I went through all the movies Yeah. on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. And I'm going to give you a score. And I'm going to see if you can guess based on... The critic and audience score, if you can tell me what movie that is. And I'm going to give you some options if you need it. Okay. Okay. This sounds good. I like this. Yeah. Okay. So. He's got a lot of movies to choose from. I know. And I'm only doing movies he is a star of. So not not a movie where he's a a bit character or he's just a producer. That's the hard thing. He's produced so many movies. Really? Oh, yeah. He's produced a ton of movies. Would you look at that? Yeah. What do you you think? Wow. Yeah. Wow. What a guy. Yeah. Brad Pitt, awesome man. I mean, that we know of. Yeah, I mean, that, I mean, know of. There's, a, I mean, yeah. I feel I like <laughs> I don't. You know, it's hard to endorse anybody these days. It really is. You know, if Brad gets it, <laughs> I mean, we don't know. If Brad gets me too next week, an hour, like a year after this podcast hits, then us saying Brad Pitt's gonna be amazing. Footage. There's going <laughs> to be footage, gonna be footage so of Andrew every going. Every time we say someone's great, we have to be there's like, there's going to be footage of Andrew going. What a what a great guy. What a great what guy. A, what but a phenomenal person. Add, I'm gonna go ahead. If in the future controversy, not a great guy. Yeah. Hey. But as it, of right now, listen. It could go either way. It could go either. Way. We don't know him. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, if something comes out, I'm not just gonna side with him. Hey, he seems like a nice guy. He seems like a. Nice but it guy. could go either. But way. he's an actor. Yeah. He's a great. Actor. He could be acting like a nice guy. For the, you know. I already hate him. Interviews that I've seen. Yeah. Where he okay. seems super cool. Anyway. <clears throat> okay. So this movie has a 54 percent critical score. Okay. So critics. Half of the critics like <laughs> But it has a 73% audience score. Mm. Now, do you feel confident just based on that guessing, or do you want a couple options? Someone Louise. No, 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 no. He didn't star in that. I'm sorry. Uh, I need options. Okay. You need options? I do need options. Okay. Option one mm-hmm. Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Um, okay. Option two. Yeah. Oceans 12. Ooh. Option three, Troy. So either Mr. and Mrs. Smith, where him and Angelina, I'm butchering, I'm butchering the names of the two most popular movie stars in the world. Angelina Jolie started their romance. Yes. Even though that fell out of fashion. Um, it did. Ocean's 12, where him and George Clooney continued their romance, on-screen romance. I'm going to, I'm going to go with, um, I'm going to go with Mr. and Mrs. Smith because it's not, I don't believe it's Troy. Mm-hmm. And I believe that Ocean's 12 was, would have a higher audience rating. Interesting. Interesting. You know, what's really interesting. Two of the movies out of the three I just listed, both have a 54% critical score real so the one that i'm having you pick and one other one 
So you picked Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Mm-hmm. That is incorrect. It's Ocean's 12, isn't it? Mr. and Mrs. Smith has a 60% on Rotten Tomatoes, so it's technically fresh. Uh, and a fifty sick. a 58% audience score, so audience actually liked it less. Wow. Now, here's the thing. Ocean's 12 also has a 54%, but that wasn't the one I, I was thinking What's the of. audience score for Ocean's 12? 60. 60? Which, hold wow, on. Wow, I thought that would have been higher. Hold on to, hold on to Ocean's 12. I'm going to bring it up later okay. in, my, in the main <laughs> okay. discussion. Okay. Because that has a bad rap. Hey, and it's the best of the series, in my opinion. Troy has Troy the worst critical score, I would imagine. Yeah, 54. So I was thinking of Troy. That was the one I was trying to get you That's to That's the one? It was Troy, yeah. The audience score was that high for Troy? Yeah, the audience score is 73%. That's Ooh. interesting. You know what, though? It makes sense. He's yeah. shirtless a lot in that movie. I mean, yeah, like, I feel like... I could see that movie being a crowd pleaser. Yeah, I enjoyed it whenever I watched it. Like it's a bunch of just hot was, movie stars. Just I was probably shirtless. How old was I? When did that movie come out? Oh, it's probably like two thousand five. I, I gotta I gotta scroll back. I was to young. It now. I was probably like I was young, so I liked it back then. Yeah, I I went back and tried to watch it recently, thinking to myself, maybe this is like a hidden gem. Dude, I have not seen it in so long. I'm not sure that it's this movie came out in oh. Dude, I nailed it. 2005. Wow. Look wow. at that. Okay, so I got the first one wrong. Okay. Okay, give me another movie star and I'll, I'll test you again. Oh, another movie star. Yeah. How about Jacob Gyllenhaal? Oh, Jake Gyllenhaal? He's got a lot of movies. Ooh. He's been in a lot of things. Jakey G. Jakey G. I'm playing a game called Can I Spell Gyllenhaal? <laughs> nope, you can't. Okay. Does Taylor Swift like him? No. But do we like him? You had to bring that up. I know. Look, Jake Gyllenhaal seems cool now, but we don't know him. We don't. We don't hey, know. Hey, we don't know the guy. We don't okay. Know. Okay. I'm gonna pull up his. Go either way. Okay. Okay. Let me see if I can find a movie. Okay. If you can find a movie. Sesame movie he starred in, not a bit role. Right. Okay. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Trying to think of one that like I would think like you would have on the top of your head. Okay. I'm gonna go with I mean I like Jake Gyllenhaal, yeah. so I like I've seen a lot of his movies. Yeah. And I'm even gonna watch Ambulance. Okay. I got it. I got it. Okay. This movie Yeah. Has a sixty seven percent critical score. Okay. And a 54% audience score. Rough. I'm definitely going to need options because it's this is that this is yeah. impossible. I mean, it's is like, it Nocturnal Animals? Oh my God. A movie you really love. Okay. Life or Okja? Ooh. Did you see Okja? You know, I didn't, but it's made by Bong Joon Ho. Yeah. And I believe that it there's a very little chance that it would have that low critical score. But would it have a low audience score? Here's the deal, though, with mm. life. Yeah. Life, I liked. Finds a way. I like that movie. Yeah. But not really an audience pleaser. You didn't think it was an audience pleaser? <laughs> the way it ended. Yeah, it did have a bummer ending. Which I feel like... Most audience. Do you remember like, when everyone was thinking it was going to end as a weird setup for Venom? 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah. I, remember, I, I remember people being more disappointed <laughs> in the fact that it wasn't a prequel to Venom than just like not liking it in general. Yeah. Which I thought was weird. I actually liked that movie. But uh, it was okay. Yeah. Back to the topic at hand. Uh, so is it? Is it Nocturnal Animals? It's definitely Life not. It's definitely Oka. not Nocturnal Animals. Hmm. Okay. Okay. If wait you, though. Wait. 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 What are the percentages again? So this movie has a sixty-seven critical score. It's got a lower audience and score. and a fifty-four percent audience. Oh, score. I can see Nocturnal Animals getting a lower audience score. Oh, this is tough. That's yeah. Nocturnal Animals also not a crowd pleaser. Also not a prequel to Venom. No. Also, yeah, that's a fact. You know what's weird though? Okja is a prequel. <laughs> to Venom. Oak. I think Okja's out. I don't think it's Okja. It's not Okja. No, I don't. Okay, I'll give it to you. It's not. I don't think it's Okja, uh, because the critical score would be higher, and I think the audience score would be higher. That's some good deducing. Um, I think that it. Is either Nocturnal Animals or what was the other movie? Life. Life. Ryan Reynolds is in Life. Also, another reason I don't think Life did well. Such a generic name. Just yeah, Life. True. And it doesn't indicate what type of movie it is. Yeah, it has a lower audience score. 54% is pretty low. That's pretty low. I mean, audience scores are usually like, it's hard to have a low audience score, honestly. I think it's it nocturnal might. animals. No, no, no. It's life. It's life. You're I'm going to go with life. Down? You're going to lock it down? I'm locking in life. That was so close, man. <laughs> you got it. You got it. As soon as it came out of my mouth, close. I just was like, you know what? There's no way that nocturnal yeah. animals got a 67% yeah. critical because I, I think it's way higher. I think okay, it's way what, higher. What is the Rotten Tomato score of nocturnal animals, do you think? Critical or audience? Either. Uh, I think the critical is probably... This is going to surprise you. 88%? What is it? It's 74. Oh, wow! And the, audi the audience score? They 73. No way! They're almost even. What? Which is weird. That yeah. is really weird. Yeah. Let me just say, the, the critical score needs to be higher on that. It, I mean, saying. I could see that, but I don't know. I'm just saying. I feel like 74 is not bad. It's not bad, but it it's like kind of one of my favorite movies. Maybe I should have put that good. on my upcoming list. Maybe. I mean, a movie that gets a better rap. Okay, do you want to do one more? Yeah, let's do one more. Okay. Give me an actress. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. We need hey, to be inclusive. Yeah, hey, shut up. That's what I was thinking. Uh, how <laughs> too many about... Of these, too many of these potential landmines <laughs> yeah. we're praising. Um, I've got... I've already got one actress locked into my brain. Who is ooh, it? I'm going to... Ooh. Okay. I'm thinking either Scarlett Johansson or mm -hmm. Florence Pugh. Florence Pugh has a lot less movies. She's got a lot less movies. So far. Let's do Scarlett Johansson. You want to go Scarlett? Yeah, because she's got a lot of like big blockbusters, but also like That's true. some smaller... She's like, got a lot going stores. on. She's got a lot of movies that she's been she's in. She's got a lot going on. Okay. Let me get to her page. This movie... Mm -hmm. Starring Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. Has an 84% critical score mm -hmm. and a 55% audience score. Mm. Is it Under the Skin? Mm. I knew you were going to bring that movie up. Don John. Or, you ready for this one? <laughs> yep. We Bought a Zoo. 
let me just say that we bought a zoo. No way that movie has a audience score of less than 60%. I'm just saying there's no way that movie's delightful. <laughs> uh, you said, you said what's the audience score? Six. The 50. audience score is the, oh, the audience score is 55%, but the critical, the critical is score 80. is 84, 84. So is it under the skin, under the skin, Don John, Don John, or we, or we bought, bought a zoo. zoo. Under dude, the skin, Don John, we dude, bought a zoo. Under while you skin, think John, it's crazy that Joseph Gordon-Levitt was like in major blockbuster hit after major blockbuster hit, like he was in Inception, Dark Knight Rises, Looper, and then he gets a chance to direct his own movie and he picks this as yeah. the project? Yeah. The movie about like... He did. Like some Jersey Shore guy who's addicted to pornography and it ruins his relationship with his girlfriend. Like, yeah. it's not bad. It's just like a very like not marketable movie. <laughs> a weird swing. Yeah. Yeah. He follows his heart and that's what I like about him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Under the Skin, Don John. Have you seen we Under the Skin? Zoo. Yes, I have. Dude, I actually really dig that movie. That is a different movie. It's out there. Um, it gets which is why I think it would have, skin. which is why I think it would have a lower audience score. Because it's pretty out there. Lower than 55? That's pretty low. It's a pretty low audience score. Um, but I will say, I will say, Evan, two of the three have very similar scores. Which, But Don John, I think, is like, at the end of the day, was kind of a funny movie. So I think naturally it would have a little higher audience score. Mm-hmm. Um so wait, again, where do you think We Bought a Zoo ranks? Do you think it would be higher than 84%? I I just don't think that there's any way that the audience score for We Bought a Zoo is in the 50s. Oh, the audience score. The audience score, because it's delightful. It's just... I mean... It's how, delightful. How do you not have fun buying a zoo? I mean, it's just a sweet film. You yeah. know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's good. It's heartwarming. It's touching. Like, it's... It's it's just they bought a zoo and it's pure. And how could how could how could fifty four percent of yeah. audiences be like no? It's we bought a zoo is one of the rare movies. Or not fifty four fifty six percent of audiences be like we no. bought a zoo is one of the rare movies where the title is the like the exact plot of the movie. Yeah, <laughs> it's I mean, like all you need to know. I mean, we bought a zoo. That's what happens. Yeah, I just don't think it's we bought a zoo. I just don't think that that's it. Um, so. I'm between uh, da, 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 under the skin and mm-hmm. Don John. I'm gonna listen. I'm gonna listen to my heart here, and I'm gonna go under the skin. You think it's under the skin? Yeah, that's what I'm gonna go with. Gosh darn it! You got it right again. Yeah, baby. But here's the thing, man. Here's that's the thing. What I'm talking so about. under the skin, 84% critical, 55%. Rotten. I feel like this game is very like it's gonna be enjoyable to a yeah. very small group of people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> As is our podcast. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, but Don John, 80% critical. 58% audience. It's almost wait, wait, the exact wait, wait, wait. same. Okay, so I got it right. You got so it then, right. What was Don John again? But Don John is 80% critical, 58% audience. Gotcha. Which is very close. Tell me what We Bought a Zoo is. Tell we me. We Bought a Zoo is 65% critical. Y- yeah. And uh-huh. 71% audience. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, but it still wasn't like rocket high audience. No, score. but I just, there's no way it was less than 60. Yeah. There's just no way. Yeah, 29% of people were still just not thrilled with the zoo being bought. <laughs> I'm just saying it's delightful. 
Yeah. That, man, that scene where Matt Damon walk, brings his kids mm-hmm. and they go to the coffee shop where he met his wife. Yeah. And it's the, what is it? The 60 seconds of like insane courage or like 10 seconds of insane. I don't know. Oh, yeah. yeah I don't know. Yeah, they but talk just, about that in the movie. It's just touching. It's just touch. It's sweet. It's yeah. good. So yeah. There's just no way. There's just no way that that half of audiences were like, no. <laughs> how much do you think a Forget zoo? It. How much do you think a zoo costs? A lot. Yeah. I think it costs a lot. Yeah. I don't to think, run a zoo. Do they? Well, here's another thing. I think buying they a zoo. They don't put zoos up for sale, do they? I mean, not often. It doesn't seem. And if they do, I don't know about those sales. <laughs> well, let's go. But, let's go back to zoo.com from a couple episodes ago. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's the website you think it is. Uh, I no, uh, remember that's where we got. That's where we got the heat quiz. Zoo.com. Oh yeah, that's what I meant by it's not the yeah. website you think. It's not a website for zoos. It's well, then if it isn't marketing themselves horribly. Well, here's the problem. Yeah. The zoos, they didn't have the vision to buy the domain. Yeah, yeah zoos <laughs> early enough. Zoos were notoriously behind the internet boom and they're, just did not lock up at, those those uh, URL addresses. They're at zoo underscore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Twenty five or yeah. something. Yeah. Actual zoos have to be like, we're a zoo1.com, you <laughs> yeah. know, yeah. Yeah. Everyone else just bought up those zoo donut domains, domains yeah. just right out of the gate. Yeah, we had to find an alternative. All right. No, but I, li- I liked We Bought a Zoo. I thought it was a cool movie. Well, you know what's funny is a lot of these movies fall into the category of movies that get a bad rap. That's true. Yeah. That brings us perfectly into yeah. our next segment. You got some segment music? That's Here. movies oh, wait, that no, are in the on. next I, segment. I pressed, I pressed the wrong part of the soundboard. I, I meant to press this sound. Oh. And <laughs> you're supposed to... You're supposed to do something. Oh, I thought you we're, were gonna. If we're, we're improving, you know, like yes and. I yeah. thought you were putting it in in post. Oh no. I thought you looked at me mm-hmm. with the eyes of like I'll put no. something in in post. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hold on, hold on. Let me press it and then we just sit here for thirty seconds. <laughs> I was just gonna act like oh. <laughs> I was yes anding in a way that you didn't. Uh, you were yes anding so far in I advance. Was, I was supporting you. Yeah. No matter what, and yeah. you know whatever you want to do, I'm, what, I'm you know I'm in for it. We're out of sync tonight, you know. <laughs> yeah we're at a sync tonight yeah uh i i don't have uh segment music for this so uh, it, it, it hit hit the hit the button wait what's the segment called uh movies that get a bad rap okay yeah hit the button and mm, <laughs> movies that get a bad rap <laughs> <laughs> i didn't even press it yet so that's how excited the song was oh, to play Woo. anyway okay i'm gonna press the reverse button on the <laughs> no, 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 no i don't no, think there's any need for it that it doesn't go in reverse no no, no no there's no need for that yeah so um if you're listening to this the day it drops yeah. this past friday i released my video essay on old which is a movie i think gets a bad rap from a filmmaker that i think gets a bad rap and honestly i could put pretty much double bad raps i could put like most of m night Shyamalan's filmography after signs on here yeah except for like maybe lady in the water i think lady in the water i watched it thinking this movie gets a bad rap probably yeah rap was pretty accurate yeah (laughs) i'm rapping was the rap i will say it was a little extreme the things that people said it's not as bad as people say it is so evan i thought we could start with one that i both that i know both of us love but like critically online is panned okay okay and it might be a movie a lot of people aren't familiar with all right here we go elizabeth town 
Oh, yeah. Dude, I so, love Elizabeth Town. Shouting back to We Bought a Zoo, directed by Cameron Crowe. Yeah. After Jerry Maguire, but before <laughs> We Bought a Zoo, yeah. he came out with a movie called Elizabeth Town, starring yes, um, Kirsten Dunst. Orlando Bloom. And Orlando Bloom. Mm-hmm. And for those of you who just don't know, Orlando Bloom plays a shoe designer who gets this really big project to design this dream like shoe this of huge his. sneaker like this huge worldwide sneaker. release like yeah. it's gonna be the biggest sneaker of all time like it's yeah. gonna be the next the like, company he's working for put like millions and millions and millions of dollars hundreds of millions yeah there's Almost a great billion. alec alec oh, baldwin cameo. monologue yeah there yeah. really is which speaking of actors who are disgraced right now um well you didn't have to bring it up we could have just they were thinking they were thinking it i mean you were thinking it i was thinking it that we were all thinking it let's talk about it no we're good we're good let's keep going but <laughs> controversy aside great monologue in the movie really good monologue has yeah. nothing to do with anything else though and hey look it could go either way <laughs> okay what could go either way anything could go either way okay you're great flirt- monologue you're flirting with disaster <laughs> um so anyway, he gets the shoe contract, it goes out, and to quote the movie, it's a fiasco. Yeah. And so he gets fired, and he goes into a depression, his relationship with his girlfriend isn't going well, and then right before, it actually gets really dark, like Lethal Weapon style, he contemplates killing himself. Yeah. Um, In a really hilarious way, though. It's like really like dark comedy kind of way. Yeah. Um, it's like completely ridiculous like you the idea the, is so ridiculous you get the impression he wasn't actually going to do it but he just wanted to in a manifest his depression yeah. in a really outrageous way yeah anyway he then gets a call from his sister and his mother that his dad who he's kind of been estranged from recently that ringtone in that movie man oh dude ah could turn the gray skies, skies blue, blue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah uh that his dad passed away so then he has to him, his mom and his sister don't feel like they can handle going down to the dad's side of the family to, mm-hmm. because they've kind of been estranged. Right. And so Orlando Bloom recon- reconnects with his dad's side of the family in the movie. And when it was came out, it was kind of critically panned. And over the years, it still doesn't really have like a popular reception. But I remember catching that movie on TV in high school and like, like weeping yeah sobbing at the end of the movie yeah on whatever was tbs or whatever yeah it's so at the end is very emotional yeah it's very good i think like maybe i watched it again on tv and i brought it up to you and you like shared the same experience where you caught it and like yeah got really emotional and we were both gushing over this movie Mm -hmm. and then i later googled it and saw that like everyone hated it it's unbelievable to me I've showed it. I've shown it to people yeah. before, and they are like meh on it. Yeah, I think the which main, I just don't understand. I just don't get it. I think the main criticism is that like Orlando Bloom and Kirsten Dunst like aren't a good couple on screen, which <sighs> I think I just disagree with it. I think because Kirsten Dunst's character is purposely written to be a little like adorkable, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, and like she's not. Like, I feel like her character was written as, like, a Zoe Deschanel character. Right. Which, like, has, like, this adorkable quality mm-hmm. that Zoe Deschanel does really well. That is a type of role that Kirsten Dunst 
does not get cast as. I just thought of another movie I want to put on my list. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> and so, like, I, I think her kind of attempt to be like adorable didn't mesh for a lot of people because it was so against like what she normally did that it, yeah. it made their interaction seem unintentionally awkward instead of like at the beginning purposefully awkward yeah um but i think towards the end their connection actually has a lot of like real weight to it yeah me too but that's not even the main point of the movie because no it's not like yeah there is that romantic connection but really the drama of the movie is orlando bloom post his dad's death coming to realize how much his dad meant to him through connecting with his dad's side of the family who he never had a relationship with. It's in service of yeah. the rest of the movie. Yeah. That relationship serves him figuring out his relationship with his family and his relationship with his dad. And yeah. coming to terms with the fact that he's gone now and letting go of that yeah. and grieving, like actually grieving. Yeah. And two other great things about the movie, okay? The soundtrack is amazing. It's very which good. Cameron Crowe movie, the soundtrack always slaps. Mm -hmm. But there is a scene in the movie that I would honestly put, if I was going to make a top 10 funniest movie scenes, I would put it in my top 10 list. <sighs> I know exactly the which scene it's you're the, about. It's the, uh, the Phoenix. The Phoenix scene yeah, with the Phoenix uh, scene. Sweet Home Alabama. Nope. Or was it? Oh, was it not Sweet Home Alabama? What no, song is it? It's uh, um, Free Bird. Free Free Bird. Yeah. It's what I was like. It's one close, of, but very far away. Free Bird, Sweet Home Alabama, like those songs that like always get requested. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> they, wait, they're in Alabama. Is that why I was thinking of it? Are they in Alabama? No, Elizabethtown. It's in the South. They're in the South. Isn't it like Carolina or something? Yeah, somewhere? it's 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 Carolina or something. No, 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 Kentucky. Kentucky. It's Boom. a southern state. Got it. But uh, yeah, I would say Elizabethtown. Uh, if you're if you're a fan of like funny rom coms, you know. Yeah, with a little bit more of a. It's a little darker, more a little realistic darker, yeah. twist. Some. It's got. It has a really well balanced mix of comedy. Like it has really classic, just like rom com comedy. It has some dark comedy. Mm -hmm. um, it has some like slapstick. So it's really well rounded. Well, and it has some long plays too, like yeah. some. Like long setups and pay like yeah. really good payoffs. But there's like some that. serious gravitas in regards to like father son dynamics that yeah. it, it might uh, get you to tear up at the end. Yeah, it's good. Okay, I, Evan, I really really enjoy it. What do you got on the docket? You had a much uh, more in depth first film. Oh, my than mean, me. Just do it. And I'm actually gonna do. Uh, I'm gonna do underwater. Underwater. Yeah. Oh, was that the uh, Kristen Stewart? Kristen Stewart movie. That's She's right. She's in like an oil rig underwater, yeah. and these weird creatures attack. And I'm just saying, I thought this movie was not going to be good. Yeah. And I watched it anyway, and it's actually a really solid thriller. Dude, it's I a forgot solid about that. thriller. It's it's solid. That's the perfect word. It's solid. It's solid. There's nothing wrong. I mean, not nothing wrong, but it's that. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with it. <laughs> it's a really solid thriller that's like a blast to watch it's scary and it's, it's fun it's it's action-packed it's alien underwater yeah and that's all you need yeah Sometimes and it's fun it's a blast so yeah. i just i felt like that movie like really just nobody talked about it and yeah. i don't think many people were like very excited about it but i watched it and i was excited about it and i thought yeah. this was like just a really solid watch it Honestly, does just enough because I remember I watched it and I was impressed that the movie 
wastes no time getting started. It's, no, it does not. It's under no impression that it has to tell a really deep story. Nope. You turn it on, literally 30 seconds into pressing play, the inciting incident happens and like everything goes to crap. Yeah. And you're just, you're smack dab in the middle of the problem. You are just full sent yeah. into the the abyss. Yeah. There's no like 20 <laughs> minutes of like getting Kristen Stewart's backstory and like, like oh they're up some melodrama they're eating breakfast together and they're having fun yeah. conversation back and forth <laughs> like None this movie that. knows it can't pull that off so it just goes 30 seconds in this underwater um, pipe just bursts and pipe bursts and the whole infrastructure just goes to crap yeah. and and it's the action. ending the ending is really cool yeah yeah that's a good one. I, yeah. I think it's very, very solid. I would suggest that one even uh, if you're looking for something kind of fun yeah. and light. That's an action movie, kind of thrilling. It's, yeah. it's, it's like a good one to put on and, and just let yeah. go. Yeah, that's less of like it got a bad rap and more just like no one gave it a chance. Yeah. Yeah. I think it Well, and I'll admit I didn't give it much of a chance at first because I, th I thought I knew what it was. I just had made up my mind about it. I was like, oh, it's just another one of these. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's going to be. Which it kind of was. Yeah, but in the best way because it, it, it was kind of like, yeah, we know. Yeah. And we're just having a blast. That's over what they should have called this. it. Yeah. We know. We know. Yeah, we know. <laughs> just a picture of like an underwater monster. Just like, yeah, we know. Yeah, we know. We know. Just like, just clear, come on. Clear your jets. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, this one's actually going to be a two-parter. Um, and I okay. think it's because, so that it's a movie and it's sequel and I think they equally get a bad rap. Okay. Prometheus uh -huh. and Covenant, Alien yep. Covenant. Yep. I do. I agree with this. I completely agree with this. I can confidently say we are not those people who were like, who hated it and then secretly claimed to like it the whole time. We watched that movie in theaters. We went back to my parents' house because we were in like high school or college. Don't know when it came out, but yeah, like yep. 2012 or 2013 or whatever. And we talked about it. I remember we talked about it for hours. Yeah. We literally it like late, late into the night, especially after the first one, Prometheus, because yeah. it was like, there was so much to figure out kind of mm -hmm. like the lore. Like there building. was a lot of like, yeah, yeah, exactly. So it was, yeah, that man, that was a blast. That movie was so much fun. Dude, just visually alone. It's so beautiful. Mm -hmm. Like Ridley Scott just does not miss on visuals. No. Yeah. I loved Prometheus and I feel like the second movie got even more crap. The sequel. Mm. And I thought that that movie was a blast. Yeah. Like, not only was it like, not only was it serious sci-fi, mm -hmm. but it was like fun. Yeah. Like, it's very rewatchable. Here, here's my thing about, I think, Prometheus and Covenant. Because when it first came out, what did everyone say? Like, the whole plot hole people got into it and were mm -hmm. like trying to find all the plot holes. And they were like, right. these characters are so stupid. But then once you watch uh, Prometheus and Covenant, you realize what Ridley Scott is doing is he's using the idea of creator creation, which is a theme that comes up in a lot of his work, especially mm -hmm. like Blade Runner, creator versus creation. Yeah. Alien, creator versus creation. I think Kingdom, and he Kingdom of Heaven has some themes about like the creator and the creation, the connection there. Yeah. But by using this prequel series as a way to investigate not just the xenomorphs in particular, 
which I think was another reason people didn't like it was like it wasn't really even focused on the xenomorphs we just got it a little bit it's like yeah that's the point he, he's like using the franchise ability of the xenomorph to backdoor tell a story about androids and humans mm-hmm. and by making Prometheus a, a quest for humans to find who created them and then make the main character an android who was created by humans creates some really thematic, thematically rich tension about like, yeah. what do creators owe their creation? Mm-hmm. And so you have the humans going like, okay, how did we get created as a species? They have all this reverence for the creators. Yeah. And you have David who is being treated like crap by his creators And he's going through, like, how much do I owe them? And then when it turns out that the engineers are just totally ambivalent to humans and just could not care less. Yeah. It opens up the the door for David to have the same awakening that, oh, well, if my creator's creator didn't care, then why should I care about my creator? Yeah. And I think what Ridley Scott is getting at is this idea of, is humanity even like worth valuing which is really nihilistic <laughs> yeah. but like through through david oh man the reason the characters <laughs> in prometheus and covenant are so stupid is because it's a it's their movies about david yeah. and someone who's created by humans being disenchanted with his gods yeah and like you apply that to humanity and it's a very nihilistic idea of like whoever created us ridley scott is posing the idea of like like are we even worthwhile? Like maybe our creator didn't even care about us. If we don't care about our creations as humans, maybe who created us doesn't care. And I think he's painting this really bleak, almost theological statement and using the alien xenomorph world to investigate that. And I'm like, yeah, of course his human characters are stupid. It's a movie about a robot being disenchanted with his creators. Well, and I mean, it's just... It's posing that question like, is humanity too far gone? That idea of, are we to a place as a society where like we're like, we, we can't be saved anymore. Our minds can't be changed. We're too, too stuck in our ways. Like all we want to do kind of is discover and conquer and like keep that same pattern going our entire existence exploit and you know and so it's asking that question like well are we even worth saving anymore because we've been given opportunities and like there's a there's a underlying kind of um there's something that happens in the movie that's kind of an underlying theme that they don't really talk about but it's like being given an opportunity to change and not changing as a society and, um, and kind of going further down the path of, you know, destruction. And so I think it's posing that question, which is really nihilistic, as you said, but a really, really interesting question for us to think about. And I think it does exactly what a great filmmaker should do, which is challenge a little bit, you know, and use this world, build this world and then challenge the audience and say like, so what about you? What do yeah. you think? Yeah, like, it, it's a really like, in a good way, sick philosophy to right. ponder in an action franchise that franchise to be like, if we create things and are just totally disrespectful, flippant, flippant yeah. to them, who's to say that 
our creators in the same way. And I'm not saying that's like a worthwhile theology to have in your own you sure. know, personal real life, but in a fictional world, that's a right. very deliciously sick idea to yeah. have as the backbone of your drama. Well, in, in a vacuum and in a story that is fiction, it's a really interesting question to ask yourself. Yeah. And to like pose to yourself, like, well, what am I doing? That's kind of paralleling these, like the things that the characters in these stories are doing. And if I ask myself and like really look at myself and examine, like, am I, am I kind of, uh, am I, uh, like pushing some of these same things that, yeah. that the movie is saying is wrong. Like, am I exploiting certain things that I shouldn't be exploiting or am I right. not, you know, treating my creation? Are we, or, are we responsible? Are we responsible enough over the things we have power over? Right. Are yeah, we yeah. good stewards? You know, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good yeah. way of putting it. Uh, and like, I just love the whole idea of like, but it's dressed. I, I just love that. It's that rich of like, challenges and questions and like kind of pushing the audience but it's dressed as like this sci-fi kind of action horror thriller and especially covenant like there's some like really intense like action scenes well there's some really intense themes of just like dealing with the idea that how you thought the world was Mm -hmm. all along is not the way you thought it was and you have been you've been wrong this whole time and now you have to deal with that grief. Yeah. It's well, like, and it's like, man, it's, it's kind of It's crazy. the idea of like, can answers really help you? Because like the right. humans in Prometheus go on this huge quest to find, you know, the engineers who created them. And it yeah. turns out that they just don't care. Yeah. They created them in like some, you know, we never really know the full motive behind that original engineer who created us, but like they don't go down, they don't get super, super specific about all of that but it stuff, doesn't which I seem think to is be, better. It doesn't seem to be totally intentional. And so it just makes you think like these human characters went so far to find answers that did nothing to them. And they could have been spending all that time doing something better. Yeah. Um, so it's just really interesting. And they just, could have been spending all that time, like bettering the world that they lived. It kind of has some ad Astra adjacent themes too interesting that you say at Astra. oh you're gonna bring it because up because on my list well, hold on, let me let me wrap up the prometheus real quick okay michael fassbender that's it just like <laughs> michael fassbender in both those movies Wrapped but up. especially covenant just he's worth it alone so yeah, yeah michael fassbender yeah he's amazing in those yeah. movies okay you're gonna bring up ad astra yeah ad astra man i i think like you said some parallel themes but uh, I think that that movie is, I think it was well received to a certain extent, but just audiences. 40% and audience score. I just, yeah, like I said, yeah. audiences, I just don't think it resonated with them. Uh, but I was shook by that movie. <laughs> like, Dude, two, two words yeah. about Ad Astra. Andrew's going to link the video in the description <laughs> yeah no we did make a there, video essay on ad astra and there's yeah. it's really good and oh, it's a really you. really good video essay about yeah, that's it one of our more popular really ones well. yeah it's great i really really enjoyed it uh but if you want to be convinced about the movie two words moon pirates moon pirates baby i mean it's not a long scene but no that but scene's awesome moon pirates no i just think that um well first of all that movie's visually like amazing yeah it's unbelievable it's like 
insanely beautiful. And especially some of the scenes on other planets are just so interesting looking. Um, And it really just sparks a lot of like creativity in my brain whenever I see shots like that done that looks so interesting. It's like almost that alone is fascinating enough for me to watch where it's just, I don't know if it's like the lighting that I'm thinking of Mm -hmm. or, or just like the composition of like, how they shot it. I don't, I don't know what it is. I don't, I can't put my finger on exactly what it is. A lot of really interesting uses of color. Yeah. I think that's a great way of of really interesting ways they use focus. Yeah. um, And framing. It's just a fascinating movie to watch for that reason alone. But then you take into consideration some of the themes of the movie. And I just love that overarching idea of, him doing everything he can to find his father. Yeah. And, you know, I think to a certain extent that storyline, you know, we've mentioned Elizabeth town, which has mm-hmm. that theme. We've mentioned Prometheus, which kind of has that parallel yeah, theme a little bit. And yeah. we've mentioned Ad Astra. So I think you and I kind of have that proclivity of like seeking mm-hmm. your, like your father or like your, um, your, uh, almost like the person you look up to or mm-hmm. like your hero. Yeah. Um, and trying to find them and understand why yeah. they did what they did or, or created what they created or, or something yeah. like that. Um, and I just think that that's just a really, really rich, yeah. um, place to start for, for a movie. Um, especially a sci-fi movie. Yeah. So. I mean, it's a movie that, captures the the very old spiritual adage of that which you have been looking for you already have Hmm. and it's a movie about an astronaut who can't establish any strong emotional connection on earth and he has to leave earth to find his place in it and it's not until he gets to the far reaches of the galaxy Mm -hmm. or the solar system that he that he finally understands that the only thing worth finding is on earth yeah and it just i don't every time i watch that movie i've seen it a couple times and you get to the point where you find out spoilers that his father tom lee jones has just been on the space station out at the far reaches of the solar system looking for extraterrestrial life getting all the evidence that there's nothing and just refusing to give up because he's a man so disconnected from his emotions Mm -hmm. and from his relationships that he cannot accept the idea that he has to go back. Yeah. This is a man who wants nothing more than to escape and he will not accept the truth that there's nothing else out there. He has to go back home and for Brad Pitt to see his own reflection in his father and go, Mm -hmm. I don't want to be that. And then have the cathartic moment where he looks back as he's outside in space and he sees Earth as a little little twinkle, mm-hmm. you know, a little dot, and knowing like, oh, that's that's the only place with answers. Yeah. And it, and he has to, he just has to make the full circle journey back home. Yeah. And like it just hits me, and like I understand for some people who get really specific into the scientifically accurate portrayals of movies sure i think that's a fool's errand you'll never enjoy a narrative that way no whatever fight me well 
And it's it's a very like internal it's, movie. It's fiction for a reason. Yeah. Like if you're gonna decide to like be like, yeah. oh, well, this isn't real. Parts of the movies, parts of the movie takes place on Mars. Like they're out at like Saturn. Yeah. For some of the, it's like this is a fictional movie. It's science fiction. Yeah. Like <clears throat> just hop onto the narrative yeah. and like get go along well, with the story it's a and, movie and i i turn that part of my brain off yeah. I, tr I try really hard to just turn that part of my brain off and be like this is fiction this is a story that i'm just supposed to dive in and enjoy and you know yeah. if this if it's compelling it'll it'll it's, i'll go along with it you it's know? just so obviously using space for the means of exploring the thematic ideas it wants to explore yeah it could literally take place in a number of different ways, but it uses space thematically. And so that like, you know, that's one of the movies that in a long time I was not disappointed. Yeah. Whenever I went and saw that, like I was very excited to see it and to see a sci-fi mm -hmm. movie that basically uses space and uses sci-fi to explore deeper themes about, human beings and how yeah. we deal with things and i was not disappointed in that movie like it, yeah. i think oftentimes you can hype it up for yourself and in the wrong way and expect the wrong thing and i was just not disappointed at all in that yeah. movie i kind of want to rewatch it now yeah i do too it's us talking about it made me want to rewatch it no but that's a yeah that's a great one yeah but that's I mean, not a light that's not light viewing no <laughs> yeah it, it's a movie where it's like look it's not an action movie it's a movie really exploring like like character motivations, thematic ideas. And if that's just not your jam, fine. Yeah. But, you know, if it is, you might have a surprisingly emotional time with it. I mean it looks it looks beautiful though too. So you can just put it on and enjoy yeah. the colors and Okay. I think I've decided where I want to take this next. Okay. Okay. I want I want to shout out to our comic book loving fans. Okay. But sometimes we askew that, okay? All right. But a movie I think it's a bad rap. I'm not saying I love this movie. It's a movie I, f I find very interesting, but I, I don't dislike it and I think it got too much hate. Batman v Superman. The ultimate cut. You're preaching to the choir here, the dude. The ultimate cut. I would love to hear what I you have, a, have to say. I have a weird relationship with this movie. I, you are you are preaching to the choir. Oh, oh Lord. I mean, I... I don't know what else to say other than I completely agree with you. Go on. I'm sorry I interrupted. Yeah. So as a big, like I grew up a DC boy. I loved Batman and Superman. And yep. so I had been, you know how you, you were saying you, you Google Michael Mann new movie all the time <laughs> from. Yes. Uh, in the confidence from of, eighth, uh, of <laughs> from eighth grade to pretty much, you know, I guess I would have been like a, sophomore or junior in college by the yeah. time this movie came out from that length on i googled yearly batman v superman movie because it had been in the works for a long time yeah i had as a desktop picture of my one of my very first laptops oh, man, like making me sad it was a fan edit of batman and superman movie with brandon routh superman and christian bale oh my batman. gosh wow. it, was, it was like a fan edit so like i've been looking forward to this movie so like i remember so hyped for this movie like i watched the trailer a, a million times mm -hmm. i was a fan of man of steel i was like ready and then i remember i went to go see the movie and i had heard some rumblings on the internet you know 
wasn't getting some favorable reviews, but I was like mm-hmm. holding a hope like, okay, it's going to be a little mixed, you know? Yeah. I get to the movie theater. The, the showing before saw it. So they're walking out and, uh, these guys like for some reason felt like they had to approach me and be like, Hey man, don't get your hopes up. <laughs> oh my God. He said, it's bad. And no. I was like, no, like, and he was like, it's bad. And I watched it and I remember watching it going, I get it. But also this movie is so interesting mm-hmm. and it's not a case of a movie that just like just misses on everything. It's a movie that doesn't do a lot of things right. Sure. But it's doing so many things that other comic book movies just don't even try to attempt. Yeah. And I think, yes, it has a bunch of dorm room philosophy. Like I'm not saying the movie is like really philosophically smart, yeah. but it takes those dorm room philosophical ideas and it does investigate them in a really interesting way. So the the idea that like Zack Snyder sees Superman as this the way to examine um, America. And so like, mm. you have this being of absolute power and he he's he's equating Superman to this image of America of like America with this all this power, but tarnished responsibility Mm -hmm. and so like in Zack snyder's world of course a country like that would look at a a being of supreme power Mm -hmm. with distrust yeah and he he kind of uses this post 9-11 skepticism on america's golden boy right and this idea of like can a being of absolute power be absolutely good yeah and it's the classic you know theological question sure and he uses Batman's, you know, kind of like uh, Dick Cheney, conservative, like yeah, Superman's an illegal immigrant kind of <laughs> kind of posturing to examine that. I mean, dude, it, it's accurate. OK, OK, OK. Keep going. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so it's just this Frankenstein monster of a movie that is just impossible not to look at and be like engaged. Yeah, I am right there with you. And I think that um the, I mean, the theatrical version of that movie made a lot less sense than the ultimate cut, the ultimate edition. Um, I think the ultimate edition improved upon what was there yeah, quite a bit. That's true. Um, and yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that um, it it explores some... It it mines some unfamiliar ground for Spider not Sp- <laughs> for Spider Man. Did you watch uh, a different cut? It, yeah, I did. They had Tobey Maguire. It mines yeah, some yeah. unfamiliar ground for superhero movies, yeah. which I think put a lot of people off of it. And um, I admire the swing, to be honest, because make no mistake about it, it's a huge swing. It's it's literally an hour and a half before. Any really true action happens an hour and a half of all the characters debating the theological implications of someone like Superman existing. Having the power that he has. Yeah. 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 It's it's a movie that like really examines an America a disenchanted America of like, you know, again, that he kind of picks up the Christopher Nolan like post 9-11 kind of like skepticism of America of like, oh, the American consciousness has lost its innocence right. and realized that maybe this isn't a perfect place. Yeah. And you take, you know, this classically American icon like Superman and you go, wait, can we in a world where all of our power structures have shown to be sketchy? Mm-hmm. Can we trust another 
super powerful being to have our best interests in mind. Right. And the fact that it dedicates itself to an hour and a half of just that like debate is so interesting to me. Yeah. It's you know? fascinating. Because if you would have picked 10 other filmmakers and said, hey, make a Batman v Superman movie, I guarantee you no one would come close to making that type of movie. Yeah. Is that a defense that it's great? No. <laughs> but it's a defense that it's very interesting. Yeah. It's, it is a unique, and I mean, Zack Snyder did something really unique with all of the DC yeah. movies that he did. I mean, they're all just so different and yeah. they, they take a different look and, uh, it's decidedly darker and, um, yeah, I think it's really interesting. I mean, there are some really he decides to do with all of his, again, it doesn't movies. all mesh, but there's some really interesting moments. Yeah. There's some great moments, some really good moments. So like really my opinion is like, I'll never say it's a great movie. I think it's kind of like this again, best way to describe it is like this Frankenstein monster mm -hmm. that is compelling, but maybe not like traditionally good. Yeah. But it's very compelling. I love the big swings, like you said. Yeah. I think there are moments in it that like really shine. Yeah. And I, I've never had a view. Like I've watched it like a handful of times. I've never had a viewing experience where I didn't come away with something new. Yeah. And like something what, else that you were like, oh, that yeah, it's good. What I more like, can you I ask like for? I like that piece of it or I like that part of it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So, I totally agree. I mean, yeah, I, I really like that movie. So you got you got one more. Yeah, I got one more. I mean, I got more than one more, but... Oh, more than one I'll more. pick one. Uh, <laughs> I don't know which one to do. I have too many. Um, I'm going to do... To stay in line with our theme, mm -hmm. Lost City of Z. That got a bad rap? I don't think so. I just wanted to tell you... Just want to talk, dude, that movie is amazing. I don't think it got a bad rap at I all. I don't think it did either. I just feel like people don't talk about it. Okay, that's fair. I mean, so, if it's we the, talked about it. if it's under the category of slept on, yeah, maybe yeah. not so much, like critically. I'm gonna look. I'm gonna look it up. Yeah, look it up. I'll uh, look at my list again. Uh, I mean, I have one on here that definitely falls on under the category. Maybe I should go with that one. Let's see. Well, you know, the audience score was low. It's an 86 percent critical. 57% audience. Critically, it was very yeah. well received. Another James Gray film. But I will say, maybe we we, we won't spend a ton of time on Lost City of Z, mm -hmm. but it falls, it falls very closely in line with that idea of isolating yourself to a certain extent, like yeah. being so driven by your ambitions and, and yeah, what it is that you want to accomplish yeah. that that you leave behind your family and, and yeah. sacrifice uh, things in your life and people in your life yeah. to accomplish the goal that you have in mind. Mm -hmm. um, so there's a lot of really rich, um, a lot of really rich themes in that movie and I really enjoy it and would suggest it. But um, maybe, maybe I will mention a movie that, uh, that falls a little more in line with what it is we're talking about. Okay. Hit me. And that is John Carter. Dude, when I thought up this idea, I thought, I think Evan's gonna mention John Carter. <laughs> well, I'm mentioning. That's why I didn't. That's why I didn't put on my list. Oh, have you seen it? I've. I, I didn't saw it think a long time ago. I saw it a long time ago, and I, I, I think I haven't seen it all the way through. Here's what's crazy. Yet. I feel like here's what's crazy about John Carter. They were about three or four movies like that mm -hmm. that came out around that time. 
And I think that John Carter got such a bad rap or just didn't Mm -hmm. work because I just, I think that people were inundated with that, like that, that kind of movie all at once. There were like three or four that came out at once and it just seems like nobody went and saw it. Nobody cared about it, but I'm going to say I really liked it. Yeah. And I think that it's got Tim Riggins in it. It's got Riggins in it. First of all, I mean, I, and it's not like a, it is not a deep, like theological, like it's not exploring like deep themes, you know, necessarily. You don't have to, but, um, I really, really enjoy the idea that there were like, I mean, and the premise really is that Martians is wild. Martians exist and that Mars was inhabited before we had the ability to see it. And a guy in the old West times Mm -hmm. gets transported to Mars whenever there's still oxygen and and like stuff like that. If you pitched me this plot, I would be like, yeah. And they made this movie. This movie got made and they spent, they spent some money on this movie. Yeah. And I think it's a blast. I think it's a real, like, I think it's a blast of a movie. I have fun watching it. I think that it gets a really bad rap. I think people ragged on it for sure. Mm -hmm. And I just, I've, I've probably seen it. I've probably seen it over more than five times. And I mean, it used to be on a lot, like at my house and, uh, I just really enjoy it. I yeah. think Riggins was great in it. I think and it's an action movie and it's fun and it's not it's not Star Wars and it's not any of these other yeah. like hugely popular sci-fi uh like uh franchises or anything like well, that. I just think it but, comes down to like people just don't like watching documentaries anymore. And what I, what have we <laughs> <laughs> They don't like documentaries. Go on. <laughs> this John Carter is a documentary. Oh, right. Yeah. Come on, man. I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, man. Don't leave me hang, hanging out the dry <laughs> like that. No. Um, no. I Go ahead. Just, I haven't seen it fully, but just hearing what everyone said about it. Yeah. I think a couple of things to its detriment was it's a movie that feels derivative, even though it's based on a property that inspired all the things you think it's derivative of. It's not derivative. Yeah. That's the thing. Is but that it's like it, it inspired looks, Star Wars. Like it, the original yeah. story inspired Star yeah. Wars. So when you watch it post it's a very, Star Wars. It's a very old story. Yeah. It was, the books were written a long time ago. Yeah. They're, they're very old. And it was the original story was written at a time when there was no clear scientific proof that there weren't other people on mars yeah and so like it was far-fetched then but it wasn't as much so now you're like well this is really far-fetched yeah um because we just know 100 there aren't any type of people on mars yeah. and so like i think it just threw a lot of people off like it would it was a hard movie to market yeah especially at the time because there were other movies and they went like it coming out they went the route of instead of casting an established movie star, they were like, oh, this guy we think is going to be a rising movie star. Let's put him in there. And though I love me some Tim Riggins. Of course. I don't think he was the 
not saying he was bad. I'm just I don't think he was from a marketing he didn't draw standpoint as much as like, yeah. you would want. I understand that, but I actually think I do completely agree that it from the outside looking in looked like something you'd seen before. Mm -hmm. And when you watch it, yeah. the story actually goes in some surprising directions. Yeah. And it it I remember being a little bit like, "Oh wow, I like this was a really creative way to wrap up this story yeah. and, um, and kind of, honestly, it kind of set up for more, but I mean, it just didn't do well enough to have the sequels or anything it's like crazy. that. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I really enjoyed that movie. It's super fun. The story is so unique and, um, I think it's, it's so much more unique than you would imagine like watching the trailer. Yeah. Um, so that's on my list. I, I have a lot of fun watching that movie. Yeah. Well, I, I need to watch it and get my two cents in there someday. Yeah. But yeah, I remember I've tried to watch it with you and you like fell asleep or something. I mean, there are some no, times no, where no, no, you, you can catch me at a really bad time to watch a movie. I just yeah. think, I think you, you were pretending to be asleep because you oh, didn't yeah. watch it. Was I doing the classic? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, man, there was there was a time in our friendship where like you would try to get me to watch movies at like 1 a.m. And it's just like, dude, this is a fool's errand. Like, this yeah. isn't going to work. I remember I called you during the day whenever mm. we watched Heat for the first time. Yeah, <laughs> you were like, I gotta we've, really, we've always got to wrap yeah, it back around to gotta, Heat. You know, I didn't want to yeah. bring it up this time. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. You can bring up Heat. All right. Well, that's all I had to say. This is a safe space. We watched it during the day. That's we're all like, I have to say. We're like an hour into the podcast. Like, you can mention Heat now. Oh, I gotcha. Know? Okay. We just don't want to scare people away at the beginning. With Heat. Right. Yeah. Because yeah, it's so scary. Yeah. Well, Do you have another one? or I got a couple more, but um, I don't know if we need to dive super deep into, but a couple other ones. I wrote some more Shyamalan ones, but it's like, I have the video coming out, so it's like, we don't sure. need to get into Shyamalan. Yeah. And I made a whole video on Shyamalan a while back. Um, but we mentioned at the beginning with Brad Pitt, Oceans 12, mm -hmm. um, and my, I rewatched the Oceans movies last year or in 2020. Mm -hmm. Um, and one Dang. underrated trilogy, like it's, it's one of the best trilogies of all time. Yeah. Uh, but Oceans 12, honestly, in my opinion is the best movie or at least the most entertaining in that trilogy. And yet it's the lowest rated and it makes no sense to me. Interesting. Because the things Soderbergh is playing with visually are just like out of this world. Yeah. Um, he is doing so much with the digital medium in Ocean's 12 that it's just like, yeah, I just love it. It's just Brad Pitt has never been more charismatic than in Ocean's 12. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, I love that opening where um, uh, he's like kind of like, oh, what's the actress's name? Uh, is it Catherine Zeta-Jones? Is she? In, is that? I mean, his Julia lover? Roberts is in it. Well, Julia. Ro oh, Julia Roberts playing Julia Roberts is just like, that's what cinema was invented for. Okay. <laughs> cinema was invented so one day, like they, humans discovered that if you take pictures, at twenty four frames per second and you project them, through light on a wall, that this would lead one day. <laughs> to the iconic actress Julia Roberts playing a character in a movie who then has to impersonate Julia Roberts because the characters in the movie think that she looks like Julia Roberts because she is Julia Roberts. 
And no other director, I, I swear, no other director <laughs> has the stones to come up with that and put it in his movie unironically <laughs> and pull it off like Steven effing Soderbergh, one of the best American directors all time. Hey, man, you don't have to convince me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anyway, the opening with Brad Pitt. <laughs> Wow, you got so aggressive. Anyway, the opening with Brad Pitt where he's like, he's with the the girl and he's like pretending not to be the the uh, the con artist that he is, and then right. she's she's investigating a uh, a thief, and she's like, yeah, we got his footprint, and he's like taking off his boots, and they're like, yeah, we traced it to this specific boot, and he's like, Ugh. and he's like, yeah, and we got this DNA evidence, and he's realizing she's gonna catch him, so then he has to like yeah. kind of sneak out. Like that opening is great. Yeah, it's just. Ocean Twelve is the best. It's just the best. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's that. I also wrote. <laughs> Since you on a very surprising yeah. tangent. Well, after right you, there. after your diatribe about the Irishman's runtime, run I feel like I had to get step. One. Yeah, bring it up yeah. a notch. No, I appreciate it. I really yeah. do. Um, real quick, you know, as my favorite filmmaker is David Lynch, I thought I have to put one of those in there. And Fire <laughs> Walk with Me, I think gets a bad rap because especially when it came out mm -hmm. um because it was so purposefully different in tone from the tv show and it was like way darker so many fans at the time like hated that movie yeah and so many well, fans wanted a direct sequel to season two of twin peaks and yeah. he went backwards <clears throat> yeah but for me just real quick firewalk with me is a fantastic movie because one, it complements the show in a way that, like, the whole point of the show is, is, like, investigating America's, like, schizophrenia in terms of, like, how it presents itself, which is a very common David Lynch theme. Yeah. But the idea of, like, oh, here's this really folksy town with all these saccharine characters who are just like, oh, golly gee, let's eat some cherry pie. And underneath that, there's this really evil, rotting corpse of a town with yeah. a lot of insidious nature. And the show shows you the outside and it gives you the the cherry pie and the likable characters in the soap opera drama. Yeah. And then the movie goes, no, we're going to show you the town from Laura Palmer's perspective. Yeah. And it's this very um, unveiling. It's, you know, like uh, apocalypse. It's original Greek meaning means unveiling. Yeah. And so like for me, this is a very apocalyptic film is that it, it's it's pulling back the curtain and showing the actually true power structures behind this town, which is, you know, lust, greed, deceitfulness. And you yeah. see the town from Laura Palmer's perspective and you go, oh, this isn't the folksy town I remembered. And that folksy, yeah. that folksy <clears throat> um, veneer is really just a town knowing better and sticking their fingers in their ears going like, oh, la, 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 there's nothing bad happening. Yeah. And it's just really powerful and genuinely scary. Yeah, genuinely one of the scariest films. There are some for a movie that's as old as it is. Yeah. There are some really disturbing, just scary, like imagery and yeah. though just the way he does, the yeah. way he shoots certain scenes make you so uncomfortable, so unnerving, and yeah, just yeah. really unnerving and uh, thrilling. Kind of just like it's like a thriller. You're on the edge of your seat, kind of like oh my gosh, yeah. How long is the camera going to linger here? Like some of those arguments that happen mm -hmm. between Leland 
and oh, her and Laura, yeah, yeah are like really uncomfortable. really uncomfortable and crazy. But uh, no, I yeah, that's an awesome that's an awesome pick. It's, it's a great movie that just I think a lot of people who were into Twin Peaks maybe even never checked out the movie because they just heard yeah. it was you know really bad. But I'm telling you, like if you go in knowing, you're gonna get. I think the best way to describe it is like you're going to get Laura Palmer's perspective. Yeah. And like see like what the town is really about and what's really going on. Yeah. And so like I think that will help explain why it's so tonally different. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get the the charming, you know, yep. diner aesthetics and whatever, but Yep. I don't I feel like that's it for me. Um I mean, I'm sure there's a ton of other movies that get a bad rap. But, there are other ones, but yeah. I feel like we, we did a good job tonight. We yeah. did what we could. Yeah. So if you're listening, watching, um, please reach out to us. Let us know what movies you think get a bad rap. If you agree with us and you think that Elizabethtown is an amazing movie yeah, or that Prometheus is a great movie, let us know if you think they suck. You know, hey. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we got no... We got no, you know, stake in the game, so. Just right here at the end. Yeah. What do you think about the mummy? Oh, the the, the original one? Yeah. Not the Tom Cruise reboot? No no. no, no. That's a great movie. Did people like it? Oh, yeah, that was a hit, man. I thought it was. Yeah, the mummy was a hit. I had it on my list because I just feel like, I feel like. People should still be talking about how great the mummy is. Well, it's like the mask of Zorro. Right. Yeah. yeah. I just feel like now it's slept on by people. Yeah. Anyway, I'm sorry. I won't go off on that. No, the mummy, dude. I remember I remember when I was a kid. Dude. That movie was so popular. I was so excited when the second one came out. Yeah. I was just like, are you kidding me? dude? The, I remember. The opening scene of the mummy, too, yeah. was like. There was a scene in the movie that, like seriously like messed with me and oh, gave yeah. me like a weird the first mummy phobia used to really scare like me. where like those bugs were like going under their skin it that, was terrifying that messed me up as a kid it i was, was terrifying. worried that every bug was gonna get under my skin yeah yeah that part was terrifying yeah. for children 100 yeah. <laughs> percent. it still kind of freaks me out yeah i mean it's not not yeah. scary yeah but uh you know let us know what movies you think are slept on or underrated um leave a comment hey I want to bring this up, okay? This oh, okay. Is, Here we go. This is a plea. Please rate our podcast. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If, if you've been enjoying these videos on YouTube or listening to it on Spotify or Apple, like, give us a rating because we only have one Apple podcast rating, mm-hmm. and that's a crime. <laughs> that's a crime. Yeah. You know? Who is it? Is it me? No, it's Anna. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I haven't even. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Like, I don't even use Apple Podcasts, but like, right. yeah, I feel like we should we should get some ratings. Sure, yeah. Like, is it really gonna hurt you to give some professional appreciators like us a five star rating? Throw us a rating, and honestly, if it's not five stars, whatevs. You know, who's that, who's that hurting? Yeah, who's Just, gonna who's gonna come to your door and arrest you because you yeah. gave our podcast a five star rating when really you think it's like a three and a half? Yeah, throw us a rating. Who cares? Yeah, it's fun. Greatest on a curve. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. So uh I think you can rate on Spotify, but it, like it's that's just not a, as big of a feature. Yeah. Yeah. They do have it now though. If you do write a review on Apple Podcasts, I promise I will read it on the podcast. So maybe that gives you some incentive. Whoa. That gives you some incentive to go out and do it. Yeah, so let's po- do that. Positive or negative, as long as it's not like 
superly wildly inappropriate. We got I will some. Read it. Uh, we got some. Uh, some some good comments on the last video. Yeah, we got we some interaction. Starting some good discussion. That was fun to yeah. to read. Yeah. That people are discussing. Made me think differently about some things. I like that whenever people bring stuff up mm -hmm. and it's like, oh yeah, that's a different way of thinking about it. I hadn't thought about that yeah. before. So yeah. and interact. I like that. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. So yeah, if you give us a review on Apple Podcasts, I will read it no matter what. So positive, negative, you know. So there you go. What more can you ask for? Yep. And Andrew, after he reads it, will send it to me immediately. Yeah. Yeah. And I will butcher your username. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's a guarantee. There you go. Yeah. So, uh, well, that's been the Professional Appreciators. Um, you can find us on YouTube at Why It's Great. Um, find us Spotify, Apple. Uh, I guess we'll see you next time. See you next week. And maybe we'll uh, think of a topic a little earlier than right when we sit down to record. Edit this out. <laughs> edit this out <laughs> this whole thing edit it out all right see ya bye